Hey everyone, welcome back to the Ohioan Podcast. Craig Schaub here with you with Bob Garver, our New York City film critic. Bob, how you doing after a, a very eventful weekend at the box office here for the movies? Well, I'm I'm doing great. Happy Monday, Happy Memorial Day. Absolutely. Now, this week, uh, you know, we haven't seen a box office like this in in quite some time with a couple of movies, you know, major studio releases really kind of coming to the plate for Hollywood and, and helping out the box office, which obviously has been struggling over the past year. Now, you saw A Quiet Place Part Two, which was one of those 2020 movies that had to be pushed back due to the pandemic. Uh, this is a sequel, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, the uh, the married couple kind of coming back and uh, getting back at it here with a sequel. Uh, what did you think about this sequel? Um. It was a, um, it's it's a very good continuation of the first movie, um, but it um, it also serves more as a precursor to what I believe will be a uh, spectacular third movie. Okay. Um, I really I really think that they're uh, trying to save themselves for uh, for a really explosive part three here, uh, even though part two has probably made more money now than the. Um, than it would have in its original re release date uh, over a year ago, um, you know, completely independent of, of any sort of pandemic. Right, and obviously, you know, it, it probably benefited from only really having one other major competitor with Cruella uh, coming out in the same weekend. And obviously some people could watch that at Dis on Disney Plus at home if they paid for the premiere access. So. Um, you know, obviously a very good box office return opening weekend, $48 million. It kind of seems like a normal everyday kind of box office that you might have seen for a movie like this. It had it come out pre-pandemic. So that's got to be an encouraging sign, right? Yes, it's a very encouraging sign. Uh, this is clearly uh, the next major step in um, the box office and, and movie world mm -hmm. returning to normal. What was your theater experience like with this movie? Was was the theater busy? I mean, was it just a normal everyday thing for you, or was it busier than normal? I uh, saw it on an IMAX screen, and um, I wouldn't say it was uh, much busier than normal, uh, but I saw it at a fairly late showing, uh, so that was probably a factor. On a Thursday, fairly late showing on a Thursday, so that was probably a factor. Okay. Um, well, you know... What was this, uh, you know, obviously you always want to see every movie every every time on the biggest screen possible. What was this movie like here on the IMAX uh, format? Um, well, I'm, I'm not, I can't say that the visuals were too impressive because this isn't a movie that um, uh, really relies on, on visuals. But the sound quality, right. um, you know, given the, the pumped up... Um, sound systems that they used in the IMAX theaters. Uh, that was very impressive. Uh, a lot of the jump scares really got me. Okay. Um, so, I, you know, how does this maybe compare to the first one? I mean, obviously the first one, a lot of people really were impressed with, seemed to have a, you know, seemed to sort of be a refreshing take on, a, on sort of a horror monster-ish movie. You know, how, how did this one compare to the first one for you? I remember being disappointed by the first one. Okay. Um, I thought maybe the characters uh, should have been a lot smarter in, in certain situations than they were, and that dragged the movie down for me. Uh, so given that my expectations were kind of low going into this one, um, it was actually a little bit better than I thought it would be. Okay. Uh, did you have a final grade here for A Quiet Place Part Two? 
B minus. Okay. Yeah, um, it's, it's it's definitely it's definitely watchable. Yeah. Now, and obviously a forty-eight point four or so million dollar box office take. Very uh, very impressive. Um, you know, obviously, as you said, it looks like there'll be a third one uh, if they so choose to to go in that direction. Which can't imagine why they wouldn't with all the success that the first two have had. Uh, but you know, in its direct com- competition over the weekend, Cruella, uh, the latest uh, Disney Plus uh, Disney release. Um, you can obviously see it right now on Disney Plus with Premier Access. Obviously, you saw it in the theaters. What did you think of uh, Cruella, this uh, origin story for Cruella Deville? Yes, I uh, saw this in an AMC Prime, uh, which made the um, impressive visuals stand out even more. Um, this was a good movie for a while, um, about the first hour or so, maybe even uh, 75 minutes. Uh, very solid movie, uh, very unique style being set in the uh, London in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. Um, you know, uh, good um, uh, good performances by uh, Emma Thompson as the villain. Um, also, one of my favorite actors of, of this era, uh, Paul Walter Hauser, yeah. uh, is in this movie. And he is just tremendous. He's always one of the most delightful things about whatever movie he's in. Um, He's a real scene stealer here, and of course the dogs. Okay, and can't go can't go wrong with mischievous dogs. Absolutely. So you know, you talked a little bit about the uh, the time. You know, this movie runs over two hours and fourteen minutes. Yes. Uh, you said about the first seventy five minutes is good. Was this a, a little bit of a case of too much? You know, you know, too much on the screen, right? Maybe hold scale back a little bit. Maybe a little bit lighter runtime might have helped this movie out. Yeah, too much. Uh, it spends a, uh, a lot of time building to a twist that we all saw coming. Um, and then a bit after that, there's a twist that nobody saw coming, but is a bit, um, is a bit too much, kind of a, kind of a hat on a hat of a twist. Okay. Well, this movie was directed by Craig Gillespie. Um, obviously, he directed the, the really kind of dark comedy, really funny dark comedy, I, Tanya. Um, you know, he seemed like he might have been a perfect choice for this uh, director's chair here for Cruella. Anything stand out aside from the performances? Maybe that you know was his direction fine? Was it just a, a case of maybe they should have left a little bit more on the cutting room floor? Yeah, definitely some stuff uh, could have been trimmed. Um, and there are characters who I'm not exaggerating exist only to uh, spout exposition, uh, especially Mark Strong's character. As much as I like him, right? Yeah, he's just there for an exposition dump in the third act. Okay, well, and obviously, you know, this is a another movie that helped kind of revive the box office a little bit. Twenty-one million dollars over the weekend. Um, maybe something of a disappointment had it been, you know, pre-pandemic. But I don't know. Maybe maybe twenty-one million dollars is about what this movie would make even prior to the pandemic. I mean, some, you know, some people will probably flock to theaters because of the nostalgia of, uh, of 101 Dalmatians, while others might think maybe it's a little bit too dark for their family. So were you surprised that it maybe finished uh, so far behind A Quiet Place Part Two in the box office? Or did you think that uh, it probably did about what you expected it to do at the box office? I'd say it did about what I expected it to do. Um, a Quiet Place got into uh, a lot of the really expensive theaters, mm-hmm. uh, the the IMAXs and um, maybe some of the Dolby's. Um, 
the Cruella only got, uh, got into the Prime and, and some of the Dolbys, but I also think there were some Dolbys that had a quiet place. Okay. Uh, do you think that this is uh, maybe the beginning of a franchise here for uh, for Disney, or I mean, is Cruella the type of movie now you've got I'm Emma Stone locked in? Maybe, maybe she might be willing to do some sequels. Is this the type of uh, you know movie that maybe could spawn a franchise, or do you think it's more of a one-off for Disney just to tell an origin story? Well, I don't think that uh, that Emma Stone is going to be doing any more movies as Cruella. I think okay. that this. Um, that this iteration of the character has has reached its logical conclusion. Okay. Um, now, as far as more Disney villain origin movies, uh, I don't see why why they shouldn't do more of those. Um, Maleficent, of course, uh, did some did some big business for them, and then this uh, is probably going to be the second biggest movie of uh, of this era. Uh, maybe maybe third behind uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Okay. Well, I know that uh, you know Disney. <clears throat> I think they've been a little bit. To me, they've been a little bit light on original content, but obviously, they have such an extensive library. I know a lot of the movies that we had talked about on our recent show of uh, top animated movies of all time featured quite a few Disney and Pixar movies. But uh, hopefully, you know, I'd, I'd like to see Disney kind of go back to more, you know, being original and doing different things as opposed to maybe you know, doing remakes of, you know, like with Cruella or, you know, with the Lion King remake and, you know, these sort of these shot for shot type of remakes like the Lion King was. So do you think that the, that there's a, a market continuing for Disney on, on making some of these movies? I'm not saying that we're going to get like a live action up or anything, but do you feel like Disney is trying to, you know, maybe not reinvent the wheel, but just trying to keep the wheel going for a little bit longer, especially during the pandemic when they're just, uh, isn't a lot of money going around right now? Well, I know they've got a um, a live action Little Mermaid in the works, and I know they've got right. another live action Pinocchio in the works. Right. Um, as far as upcoming animated fare, uh, Luca uh, from Pixar this summer right. Right. is going to be uh, is is I'm sure supposed to make a lot of money for them. Uh, also, it's important to note that they uh, recently had Soul. Right, uh, the Academy Award winner for Best Animated Feature, and Raya and the Last Dragon, uh, which has been the biggest non-Godzilla movie of the year so far. Yeah, so they, they, I mean, they've had a good mix. I think um, I always like I was just like when you know I think we talked about it last you know last time is you know they they don't really make bad Pixar movies, so you'd like to see them kind of continue and, and make more of those as opposed to maybe some of these live action remake that's just me i mean I, i'm not i've seen the lion king i don't need to see it in uh cgi form with uh you know exactly real backgrounds whatever it may be but uh a final grade for cruella b minus there was there was a long stretch of this film where i wanted to go higher than a b minus and then it just kind of petered out at the end mm. so i'm i'm going with a b minus on cruella okay all right well we go from uh the, the rise of uh some dog-hating villains to the rise of uh, zombies here in Army of the Dead. This is uh, Zack Snyder's second movie of the year, if you'd like to call it that. He uh, recut the Justice League movie uh, from uh, March. So here he's back, uh, back in the saddle here with the, a genre that he's worked in, although it's been more than a decade and a half since he's been in the zombie genre. But instead of working with Warner Brothers, he actually uh, teams up with Netflix on this movie, which it did get a theatrical release 
before a week before it uh, came out uh, on Netflix. So, what did you think of Army of the Dead here from Zack Snyder? Army of the Dead, uh, very compelling cast of characters. Um, some uh, great opening sequence. Zack Snyder is really good with opening sequences. If you've seen the uh, Watchmen movie, yep. you, uh, you'll know what I'm talking about. But in this case, uh, it's the rise of the zombie invasion in Las Vegas. Um, and it uh, then later spins off into a story where uh, Dave Bautista and his crew have to, and his uh, group of friends, have to take... Uh, $200 million out of a Las Vegas bank vault. Now, a lot of people are um, posing this as a heist movie, and in many ways it is. However, I should point out that they have permission to take the money, so I don't know if it's a heist if they have permission. <laughs> right. Yeah, kind of, you know, if the uh, if the juice is not worth the squeeze there, it sounds like they can just go in and get it if they want it or can get it. So maybe not really a heist movie. But, uh, you know, obviously Zack Snyder has quite, uh, you know, an interesting take on visuals. He's a slow motion lover. Uh, he also oh, yeah. has hyper speed when he's, you know, shooting a man of steel film. Um, sometimes that's, that's my biggest problem is I, I'm not really a big fan of all the slow motion. I don't mind it in certain spots, but you know, my problem with him is that he, he kind of relies on it too much as a crutch, whether it's to tell a story or make something look really cool on screen. What, what do you make of Zack Snyder as a director? Um, I'm not a fan of much of his work. I'll be honest. I didn't. I didn't even like the um, the Dawn of the Dead remake that a lot of people right uh, seem to really love with him. I've just never been able to uh, get into him. Um, I guess my favorite movie of his would be would be Watchmen because yep. he didn't completely mess that up. I uh, just kind of mostly messed that up. Um, and then I didn't care for his work on uh, Man of Steel or Batman v Superman at all. I have not seen his version of Justice League, but I'm not eager to revisit that film. <laughs> you know, I have to admit, I actually did see the, his Justice League cut, and it, it actually wasn't terrible. I think it was about maybe an hour and a half too long, but I actually didn't mind it, um, especially compared to the Joss Whedon version, which was just absolute terrible didn't belong on screen. Um, you know, anything about this movie that you liked? I mean, you know, obviously it's an action film killing zombies. I'm never a big fan of zombie movies. I just think that uh, they don't, they're not, they don't really make for a compelling villain, but how did you kind of take uh, army of the dead? I mean, was it a lot of B movie fun just over the top? See how you can kill a zombie. Yeah. Or was, I mean, it was anything enjoyable about this film. Yeah, there was a lot of fun, a lot of good humor. Uh, a lot of good chemistry among the cast. Um, probably the biggest drawback to the film is um, is the character of uh, Dave Bautista's daughter, who just makes so many mistakes and just insists on going in a, in a direction that gets a lot of other characters killed. Okay. Uh, did you have a final grade for Army of the Dead? Uh, C. Okay. See, yeah, right. fun, fun in places, but not something I'd uh, I'd go out of my way to see. Okay. All right, Bob. Well, there you have it. Uh, we definitely appreciate your time. As always, thank you for joining us on the podcast. We'll uh, see you again next week with uh, hopefully some more reviews. I mean, are, are there other movies coming out here as we get into the summer months? Uh, next week will be uh, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, which I will see either in theaters 
or on HBO Max. I will be on vacation the next two weeks, uh, so I'll be coming to you from uh, from Palmyra, Pennsylvania. Uh, my access to movies will be limited, so on those uh, editions, we'll probably be doing uh, some more uh, some more lists. Absolutely. All right, Bob. Well, thanks so much. We definitely appreciate your time, as always. Very good. Thank you. Highlight of my week. All right. Thanks a lot, Bob. All right, everybody. Well, we definitely appreciate your time here on the Ohioan Podcast. We will see you guys next week. I'm Craig Shop signing off.